when I first experienced heroin, it's just like warmth. It gives you a sense of euphoria. But of course, it's a counterfeit, you know, and it ruins lives. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk about real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk to someone who is addicted to heroin and was an addict for 10 years. His name is Terry Eckersley, and he's going to share how he got addicted and what that did to his life. Now, I do understand, oftentimes, people view heroin drug addicts as moral failures. And though it can seem that way from the outside, this show will help you gain compassion and understanding for a heroin addict, and also you will learn that there is hope for heroin addicts everywhere. Terry, welcome to the show. You're very welcome. It's an honor to be on the show with you, and I'm looking forward to this interview. Wonderful, Terry. So I'm understanding that your life growing up was pretty good until something happened to your father. Tell us about your relationship with your father. Okay, well, my father was a very loving, caring father. He'd sit me on his knee, sing songs. He was very kind, just a very loving person. My mom was the same, although she'd brought up five kids. I was the fifth, the youngest kid. And she was a very strong, northern, working-class lady in the UK. So my dad was really the source of love. But I didn't see him much because he worked regular night shifts down a mine, a coal mine. So I only saw him in the mornings on Sundays and then on holidays twice a year. And then when he was 65, because they had me late, I was like a grandchild, it seemed. My brothers and sisters were the age of other people's parents at school. And indeed, one of my brothers, he had a son older than me. So that was a little strange. My parents were like grandparents' age. When my father was retiring, I was going to see a lot of him. I thought this would be great. But on his first week of retirement, he was doing the priest garden and he had a heart attack and he died suddenly. Oh my gosh, that must have been so difficult. Where were your emotions when you lost your dad so suddenly like that? It was initial anger. This hit me very hard. Obviously, the double whammy, I lost my father. But then while he was doing God's business or so, I thought. So it hit me very hard. I got very angry, slammed my bedroom door and slammed the door of my heart. And I thought, that's it. Nobody's going to hurt me now. I had one of those sort of defining moments, I suppose. And then when I went back to school, I just really didn't care anymore. I didn't want to engage with class or studies. And I just engaged in not just mischief, but out and out trouble in school and out of school, you know. And then I started hanging around with other kids. I wouldn't say the wrong crowd. I would say other kids whose parents had gone through a divorce or were dying of cancer or just a lot of hurt and angry kids. Mm. We'd get together, we'd get in trouble at school, out of school, and that quickly started to escalate. Oh, wow. But you grew up with a Christian home, right? So how did you view God during this time? I was raised in a Roman Catholic home. So what did that mean? That really meant going to church once a week on a Sunday, I remember. 
It's interesting to say and look back, but with hindsight, although I was born and raised Roman Catholic and we went to church, I didn't really know the presence of God or any conviction or understanding of God at all. Mm. And this was compounded by the fact that my father died doing the priest's garden. So I thought, really, God's so-called meant to love me. But really, God was always represented as a, you know, it was like, shh quiet in the church. And it was almost like a fear of God, like God was an old man with a big stick who wanted to do you harm, you know, you had to be on your best behavior. Mm, I see. I think that there are some who can relate to that view of God in their lives. Like maybe they feel like God is far away and maybe even harsh. My question is, was this the event that immediately led to drug addiction? Well, I got in trouble first stealing sort of petty crime outside of school and we were stealing cars. This was just as a 13-year-old boy, and I got put in the care of the local authority. And then later in my teens, I did get involved in smoking cannabis and amphetamine, and then crime progressed to more serious crime, drugs. And around that time, I started taking Class A control drugs, which was heroin, heroin substitutes like methadone and dicanol, and all these very, very powerful drugs, you know? Oh, wow. So... This led to a life of being in and out of jail, even prison, right? Yes, and that was like in and out. I'd get in trouble in prison and get put down the segregation block. So I was really, really in a mess, you know? Yeah, I understand. And I understand, as you were getting particularly involved in heroin, that there's something special about heroin. What was it about that that got you so hooked onto that? You've heard the saying that we have a God-shaped hole in our hearts. And I think when you have been hurt and you've got a lot of anger and you've been let down, which is life, you know, welcome to life. But then when I first experienced heroin, it's like it feels like love. Mm. It's just like warmth. It gives you a sense of euphoria, a sense of well-being. And it just sort of melted all pain, all hurt, all fears away, you know. So it really does. You can see why people get addicted to it, because since I have known what the presence of God like, it's a very similar feeling Mm. to the presence of God. But of course, it's a counterfeit, you know, but I quickly became addicted to it where I take it then take more and then your tolerance goes up. You need more, you take more. Mm. And then it just becomes the dominating factor in your life. Your whole life resolves around raising money to score drugs scoring drugs, raising money for drugs, and it's just a vicious cycle and getting addicted and then getting arrested and then going to prison and then coming out of prison and that whole cycle, it brings a lot of extra pain and hurt and ruins lives. Wow. Terry, let's stop there. I want to have you on our next show to talk about how this lifestyle got worse and drug you downwards to a horrible place in your life where you needed freedom. So thanks so much for being on our show. Wonderful. Hang tight. Let's talk more about this right after the break. Real Life is made possible this week with the help of On Fire Merchant Services and our Awakening the Nation's monthly giving partners. If you own your own business taking Visa and MasterCard, call and get a quote from On Fire Merchant Services. On Fire Merchant Services is on fire to serve you. Look them up at onfiremerchantservices.com or call them at 877-333-6682. That's onfiremerchantservices.com or 877-333-6682. 
Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what are you thinking about this? I found it interesting that after his dad's death, he responded by getting mad at God. I think this is a much more popular response by people than we really know. You know, when we talk to people about their problems, they aren't like, oh, I'm mad at God. Instead, they might share their pain. You know, it comes in that form. They're looking for others to sympathize with them, to understand, and they're given answers You know, people say, well, you know, that's life or other accolades like that. But there really isn't a solution because deep down, we can get mad at God for a certain turnout and we don't even have to believe in God. I'm going to share a personal example of that. When I was younger, I was an atheist and I had a girlfriend who was attacked when she went on a run by herself on a trail. And I was given very little information about it when she was in the hospital from that attack. But when I found out about that, I was rushing to the hospital. I was crying my eyeballs out. Now, me as an atheist, it's really weird. I started to suddenly cry out to a God that I thought didn't exist. I started crying uncontrollably and imagining that my girlfriend had possibly been raped or something horrible was happening to her or had happened to her. And I was so mad and angry. And I, for some reason, started begging a God that I didn't believe in for her to be okay. And I also started accusing that God of how could this have happened? And why is this happening? And, and it was really weird. I was having this like emotional response, but I was an atheist. After that, I went along being an atheist again. <laughs> but in truth, I was an atheist because I was mad at God deep down because my parents got a divorce when I was younger. You see, I never knew I was mad at God when I was mad at God. And most people who are mad at God might not know it. How do you know? If you're living a life that makes excuses for the wrong things you're doing and you're not really caring, if you look closely, you could be mad at God. That's what it was for Terry. Anger in itself is a destructive emotion. And when it's directed at God, it won't be good. Ancient scriptures reveal in Psalms 37 verse 8, it says, cease from anger and abandon wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. Listen to that. Something what the Bible says is it causes only evil. This anger, and especially directed towards God, it's only going to bring about evil behavior. And this is what you hear with Terry. He's just like, I'm going to go buck wild. I'm just going to do drugs. Like, who cares? And this is from his dad dying, the deep wound that he had in his heart. Now, if you look at this anger, this is where it can lead to rebellion. And actually, this is where rebellion literally comes from, when we rebel against what we know is good, because deep inside, we feel like we're mad at God. What about you? Are you finding in your life where you're doing wrong things, and you know they're wrong, but you allow yourself to continue to do those things? And then when you try to connect with others, you know, you tell them about this certain wrong that has happened to you in the past, and you can't seem to get over it, and you just keep talking through it, you just can't get over it. Why? Well, Jesus, who 
was also a great master and teacher and is our Lord, he says in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, he says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. That means if you keep finding yourself talking about the past, you really aren't over it. And I bet if you do some soul searching, could you even be mad at God for what happened in the past, even if you don't believe in God? If this is you, let's first surrender that anger to the Lord and take a moment to be real and share our frustrations with the Lord and then give it to Him. If you just keep it inside of yourself, I tell you what, it's going to become destructive to you and only you. So let's take a moment to surrender that to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for my friend right now. For the person who's saying, yeah, I'm doing wrong. I know I'm doing wrong, but I kind of just don't care anymore. Lord Jesus, we come to you and we just take a moment to say, maybe... Maybe I'm mad at you, Lord. Maybe I'm mad at you for what happened to me in the past. And I take a moment, Lord God, and I surrender that to you. I give that to you. And I repent for being mad at you, Lord. Lord, actually, I need your help to get past the past, to get over the past, and to move on with my future with you. So, Lord Jesus, I receive you. I believe in you. And I surrender this to you. And I want to be back in relationship with you. I ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you were blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.